Dan Dan, a board game man, with this week's Top 5 Express Board Games Edition. Each episode, I'll give you a topic for a list to give you my picks for those top five of that in games. Today, I've got an interesting topic. So I just kind of came up with it since I recently played one of these games and thought, hey, remember when I hated this game? So I thought a great topic would be the top five games I was so totally wrong about. So let's get into the list. Number five. Now, this is one... This is the only really negative one on the list. All the rest of these are kind of positive stories. This one is going to be a negative story. This is Euphoria, Build a Better Dystopia. Now, I don't like to poo on games too much on any of these shows, as it seems mean to do, but I'm going to poo on this one a little bit. Now, this probably is more of a thing to say how if you win your first play of a game, you'll like it 20% more than anyone else or more than you normally would if you didn't like the game. So, why did I put Euphoria on the list? Well, I played this one a couple of, you know, actually probably three or four times now. And I played this one first, four players, and with two players who were also never played the game and one player who did the game. Now, it has some co-op moments to the game where you need to cooperate because you have to work together to complete certain kind of tasks and things with it with resources and such. Now, my first play, everyone was kind of worked together, even though I think at times, especially when I was in the lead, they probably shouldn't have worked with me at all in there to get things done. But I played it again and people were more cutthroat. And, you know, I can't blame people for that. It's just kind of the way the game is. But the game was an absolute disaster. And when you can't get things done because you really can't do it all by yourself, you know, because of the way the game is designed, it sucks. And it just doesn't feel very good. So sometimes... You feel about a game before you realize the flaw. You know, you may like a game before you realize the flaws in a game that are just there and just make the game inherently just suck. So nothing in the game really forces anyone to work together, which is fine. But there's also nothing in the rules, really, that you can kind of go around it and even a little bit inefficiently get it done. So in my opinion, that's just, you know, not great game design. And I really don't like negative feedback loops in games. So well, there's probably a reason you, you never hear about this game at all. The Euphoria, probably nobody never really plays as much at all. Uh, you know, it's probably there for a reason. But really, the moral of the story is sometimes you have to lose at a game and see if you still really enjoy the game itself. Or if you win your first play, maybe play it again later and see if you still feel the same way. So it's just interesting to see that sometimes you start off liking a game and then you realize the game is not really what you thought it was as you play it more and more because certain inherent flaws come out there. But anyway, we'll we'll get past the negativity for now and get on to number four. Now, number four is Hansa Teutonica. Now, I absolutely hated this game the first time I played. Now, this kind of uh, this is going to be a little bit of gaming stories, I guess, with every one of these. Now, when I played this, there was a guy years ago that he used to come to our friendly local game store on game night, and he would basically pl- bring two games. He would bring Agricola, and he would bring Hansa Teutonica. Now, those are basically the only games he played, so he was really, really good at Hansa Teutonica. Now, Hansa Teutonica is a heavier Euro game. Uh, it came out in 2009. plays in about an hour and a half, two to five players. It's from Andres Stedding and heavier gamers really like the game because it's the type of game where there's not a lot of randomness involved, where everything you see is everything you get. There's not a lot of card flips or I think any card flips, no dice, no things like that. You're just kind of putting stuff on a board. And as you remove things from your player board, you get more actions or more things you can do or powered up things you can do. Now, I absolutely got destroyed and I felt like I couldn't get anything done, but that was more a test to who I was playing with. Now, if you ever, I kind of like to explain to people, if you play things with people for the first time, or especially you're not really going to play, you know, maybe this way with kind of novice gamers, but if you play with things with game gamers for the first time or teaching the game, you may want to give them a good background instead of just sitting there and kicking their ass for, for two hours. It's not really a great feeling. So 
So if you, and also because since, like I said, it is a game that is kind of tailored to those heavier games, you often can't play with people who aren't really good. Uh, so you just really have to make sure you're playing it with, with the right teacher and the right someone who's just going to be there to help cater your experience. So I did play this more and more and man, it's, it's a pretty solid game. You know, I'm not someone, it's not really in my wheelhouse because I do like games with that a little bit of randomness, whether it be cards or dice or such. And the reason why I like this, because I like to think on the go or play tactical where you have to, you know, think on the go and go turn a turn making decisions rather than just one long strategic game. And I like games that have both strategic and tactical games, but I was really wrong about Hansa and it was really more because of the way it was set up. Hansa Teutonica is a very solid game. Again, a little bit dry and for a certain type of player, but I was a little bit wrong that to say that I really didn't like it, but it is a, a pretty solid game. That's my number four, Hansa Teutonica. Now, Number three has to do with a little bit of more of themes. This is a uh, kind of, I was wrong about a theme can be theme and length can be deceiving. I'm going to talk about D mocker. Now this is a game that boy, it's been out for a long, long time. I think it came out in 19, it's in the 80s. I think it was 86 is when it came out. Now this is, uh, as it described, as you can probably describe to anybody, this is a six or seven hour game about German politics. Has everybody fallen asleep for me yet? Yeah, exactly. That's what it sounds like. Boring, but no, this game is absolutely great. Now, it's got social elements. It's got some planning elements to it. And just overall, a very cool game. You're you're kind of shaping, shaping the way the politics go, kind of making for or against different type of uh, political, uh, I guess, platforms and such. Uh, and you do really need a full complement of four or five to, for it to be great. But man, even a boring theme like this can be just an amazingly fun game. Now, you do have to kind of like the kind of Euro games. And if you are kind of into a little bit of a brain burny feel, this is a game for you. But I was kind of wrong when I heard about the, the theme. I was like, man, I, I was just going to do somebody a favor to be their fifth. But boy, did I absolutely love this game as well. And uh, I, I really, you know, it's not a game you're going to play every, you know, maybe more than once a year or so. You can get a good, make a day out of it, kind of like Twilight Imperium. Uh, fourth edition, we're going to make a whole day out of it. But man, even, you know, even if you see a really boring theme, really look into the game a little bit more. And that's my, my number three game I was wrong about was D Mocker, a really actually pretty and engaging and intriguing game. Number two, God, I hate feeding mechanics and games when it comes to things that you have to feed your people. It just gives me some agita and I really hate it. And that's why I never wanted to play Agricola or another heavy feeder ever again. I just absolutely hated it. Until I played Caverna. So I really, that game, holy crap, is Caverna great. They made the feeding mechanics something that was not so difficult to do or something that you need to focus on the whole time and made it really kind of in an abstract way because you can use almost anything to feed your people. So it's just not something you need to stress about and work the whole way on. I mean, many games still do use this in way dry and way stressy ways like Agricola, like I said, which is at its core a decent game. But man, I can't stand the feeding in that game. But Caverna is an amazing game and it makes feeding where you don't even notice that you're going to have to do it. So yes, I was wrong that I would never play another game that had a feeding mechanic to it. So that's why I absolutely love Caverna. Now, my number one thing that I was completely wrong about, or my number one game that I was completely wrong about is I thought I would never actually like war games or a war game. I can't really say war games as a whole, but a war game, you know, they're uh, they're dry. There's tables out the wazoo. They're long. It's just something I would never really be good at or enjoy. But that was until I played Memoir 44. Now, Memoir 44 is kind of card-based, scenario-based, and just works well even for us novices out there. And 
to the designer, Richard Borg, even kind of uh, spelled it great. He said, the game mechanics, although simple, still require strategic card play, timely dice rolling, and an aggressive yet flexible battle plan to achieve victory. And as he says, by design, it's not overly complex. Now, a game like this, which can get into complex and can get brain burning, but the whole design of the game really isn't all that complex. And that's why it's kind of a light to medium weight game rather than a heavier war game. This plays two to eight players, 30 to 60 minutes. And there you go right there. That's sweet spot of kind of a uh, super filler or a one hour wonder. And it does have scenarios where you can play campaigns and scenarios and a lot of different expansions and such, but man, it's just really, really fun to play this game. And that's again, that's memoir 44, just a really cool game that made me think that maybe there was more two war games for me. But again, I'd rather probably just stick with a game like memoir 44, which is the war game do that I do like. So again, it can be deep for those war game aficionados, but also very much a game a person like me, which is war game novice, can really love. And let me tell you, like I said, uh, man, I love my plays of this game. And it is a very solid game uh, that you can even get your family into playing or just uh, another novice to play that game again. So the five things or five games that I was kind of way wrong about, again, Euphoria or kind of dipping into games that maybe you first won, but try them again. Maybe there might be something you're missing uh, and see if you still like them. Number four, Hansa Teutonica. Number three, Demacher, or the, the theme and length can be very deceiving for, for games. Number two, you know, finding that game with feeding mechanics, which I found that I didn't like, but now Caverna is a game I love. And then, of course, I was very wrong about never being able to like a war game, and that's why I absolutely loved Memoir 44. Thanks for joining me this week on Top 5 Express Board Games Edition. If you have any questions or you want to tell me games that you were just completely wrong about or want to give me any other topics for a list you want to see, go to Majorspoilers.com or go ahead to uh, the Major Spoilers Discord or you can always go to the site for other great podcasts and content by Steven and the rest of Major Spoilers crew. I'm Dan, the Board Game Man, and you can also contact me at GeekJockDan on Twitter or at the Geek. check me out at the Geek All Stars Podcast, the Munchkin Land Podcast here on Major Spoilers where I do a twice a month 10 to 15 minute board game news show or as a contributor to TMSBM where I do a board game segment with Scott and Brian. I'll be back soon with more top five goodness, but until then, grab a new board game and have some fun with family and friends. This podcast is copyright 2021 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.